We're live. You know, I see some questions I really like already. But yeah. I know that we I know that we're are we committed to YouTube questions or not, are we just we're not committed to them. Um I think the I mean I think if we have time we should, but I know you and I were both on our own adventures this week and you had quite an adventure. I went to Columbus, which was three hours drive away. So not quite as far as you went. And uh, I, I unfortunately, Dusty isn't with us today. Uh, he yeah, we got to let people know. Yeah. 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 Tell them about that. And then tell me about Dubai. Okay. Well, Dusty's not here today. Like I just said before we went live, I'll have to repeat it. Um, I went and wasted a good joke, Scott. But Dusty, <laughs> Dusty is not here. He has a issue with one of his contractors. Yeah. And uh, he has to deal with a construction situation. I think it's obviously, um, like I said, they may have used the wrong type of mahogany for his uh, study. And uh, he's very upset about that. And he's making the change it immediately. So he's dealing with, you know, very, very first world problems. Yeah. And uh, he will not be joining us. Yeah. So no, he's not. And he's not dead again. Yeah, not dead again. Not dead again. <laughs> yes. There you go. But we're going to try to entertain you. We only got an hour. Yes. But we're on it. So oh, I see uh, first negative 10 minute crew. So first, he's yeah. the, 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 uh, the, the pre-recording 10 minute crew. We yeah. Had a few people in there are good. It was good. Yeah. Good to see you, Lucas. Good to be a degenerate. There you go. <laughs> I love it. So you guys went to, what was it exactly? We went to the Dubai Muscle Show. Yeah. So um, we, I went to Dubai, I think it was 2018 or 19. I can't even remember. And uh, Best time of your we, life, right? Outside yeah, of. it was the worst <laughs> trip I've ever been on because I was super sick the whole time. Um, so I was hoping this trip would be a good redo of my previous Dubai experience. Way better. Wasn't sick, you know. And, uh, the only thing is it's such a quick turnaround, man. That's a lot. I was there for, I, I mean, it's 23 hours travel time yeah, to get there, Wow. you know, f from Vancouver to Frankfurt's nine and a half hours. And then Frankfurt to Dubai is like six and a half or something. Yeah. And, um, you know, with the layover and everything. So I got to Dubai Thursday at midnight. I got okay. to the hotel. Okay. Straight to bed. I had like way in water and went yeah. straight to bed. And um, next morning we were straight to the expo. Boom, up breakfast, go to the expo, day one. Boom, just right in your face. No warm up, nothing. Yeah. And uh, it went great. Uh, day one was pretty slow because it's kind of like a, almost like a, a B2B day, like almost like it's all distributors and mm. it's not as many fans on Friday because, you know, a lot of people are working and stuff, right? Yeah. So uh, Friday was a little slow at the expo, but it was still good business. You know, I talked to the sales guys and they're like, oh, it was awesome. But we were kind of like the booths were kind of quiet. Yeah. And then um, and then Dusty and I went and trained on Friday night, went and got a workout in. Nice. And, uh, you know, cut, you know, ram some food, try to catch up. And then again, Saturday, all day expo. And it was busy Saturday. That was like, you know, typical expo, you know, boom, boom. Yeah. Shaking lots of hands, lots of pictures, that sort of thing. And very happy to see that we had viewers like people coming up saying, I watch the show. I watch the show. You know, like we we look at the 
I mean, you look at the stats more than we do. So you see like, you know, England and America are like our, you know, number two and th- number one and two locations. Yeah. You know, can- Canada's our number, what, three or four in there? Usually, usually Canada is number three. UK was, yeah. you know, battling with, uh, for two and three with, with yeah. Canada. But, yeah. but UK's pulled through, you know, pretty solid now with a, yeah, a solid yeah. second. So I know. So, so we're kind of used to that. Yeah. And then you, you go over there and, you know, I'm meeting people from, I, 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 you know, people from Pakistan that watch a show oh my God. and India that watch a show and That's you just so start cool. to go, wow, like, okay, it's just really reaching, you know, because yeah. you see the numbers on YouTube and it's a, it's a very small percentage of our viewers. So you're like, oh, have I ever going to run into any of those people? Right, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And then here you go. There they are. Boom. I watch a show. I love the show. You guys are funny, blah, blah, blah. Where's Scott? You know, like <laughs> some stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. And, um, uh, it, it just sort of a reminder of like how small the planet is getting. Yeah. You know, that's mind blowing, man. Cause that, that was yeah. my biggest question was like, were there people there that, that listened to the podcast, which that that's cool, man. That makes my day actually to hear that. I mean, I, cause like yeah. you said, I see the numbers, but it's different to actually meet people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, a guy from Oman says like, Oh, I love your show. I watch it all the time. That's I, so I cool. listen to it on my way to the gym and, that sort of shit. So just pretty cool, man. And, um, and like another one was a guy from Palestine. Okay. You know, like when we think of Palestine, like we think like, you know, most of the people in Palestine, do they have internet? Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's pretty rough to live there. Right. And, and this guy's like, Oh, I watch your show, listen to your show. And I'm just like, man, this is fucking crazy. Like, yeah, you know, people that have like, Oh, looks like, I lo- looks like I lost Ron for a minute. Ron, did, oh. you, did you go off your mic? Did you touch something? No. no. Oh, well, I lost your sound? mic. Yeah, I lost your sound. If you can't reconnect, we could always uh, just have you hang up and call back. Yeah, I'll just come back in in just a second here. Okay? All right. I'm going to entertain you guys for a minute while Ron uh, figures that out. This happens from time to time. When we record, I mean, sometimes we don't edit it out, but sometimes we do. But, yeah, anyway, let's see. We've got Ron back here. There you go. Got my again? Yes. So you were saying, yeah, like Palestine. I'd be curious to see what some of these guys' gyms looked like. Like, where are they training? What are those gyms? Look- you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's uh, that's cool. How different uh, is I, it? I met a guy from Africa. Um, damn. I can't remember the name of the island, but he lives on an island off the coast of Africa. Wow. And I I, I meant to, I, I committed it to memory, and now yeah. I can't remember the name of it. Ah. So, uh so, but I just want to say hi to all those people that came in and, and chatted with us. It was pretty awesome. And, um, and then Saturday night we went to like a team dinner at the Dubai mall. Yeah. And f- for those of you who, who, th- who want to know what the Dubai mall is like, it's like the craziest mall I've ever seen in my life. And I grew up near West Edmonton mall, which was for a long time, the biggest mall in the world you know, had a water park in it and an ice rink and all that crazy shit. So it was like the biggest mall in the world. And this mall is, you know, 40 years more advanced than that one was, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, they had a giant ice rink and, uh, the, and like I said, the biggest aquarium I've ever seen inside. You're kidding me. I love those things, man. Yeah. Well, I posted it to my story and people mm. were like, what the fuck? Like, you know, I don't know. Was it a million gallon tank? Like just Ooh. fucking crazy, you know, like the size of our gym. Yeah. Like, the tank is the size of the gym, <laughs> you know? That is mind blowing, man. 
Yeah, and full of sharks and all types of fish and just crazy to, you know, people standing there just watching it for hours. So yeah. we're sitting at the Cheesecake Factory eating. Yeah. And it's like the biggest aquarium ever just right there outside of the restaurant. It's amazing. That's so, so cool. It was cool. And then another thing that was neat was, um, I don't know if it's because it's so hot during the day or if it's just a cultural thing, but like the mall at night is packed till midnight. Really? Till like midnight? We, we, well, we finished eating at 11 p.m. and yeah. we're walking around the mall and it's just packed. Huh. Like family skating together. Like the skating rink was full of people just skating in circles, like, you know, just out for family skates. And wow. All the restaurants were jammed. You know, we had to wait for a table and. And I think it's just the nightlife there. And that might be because it might be because, you know, daytime's just kind of, you know, a little rough outside if it's if you're <laughs> trying to go doing stuff. But it was pretty cool. And um, and then, of course, another Expo Day Sunday, Dusty and I went and trained that night and then 11 p.m. Sunday head to the airport. So that was a quick trip then. Quick really trip. quick trip. I was, yeah. yeah. So I basically was there for 72 hours. OK, yeah. And that's a long trip to you got go. Two workouts hours. in. You met about like a zillion people, I'm sure. Yeah. You got to go to the mall. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty good 72 hours, you know? Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was rammed full, you know? Of course, hanging out with Jamie the Giant and and uh, Ashkin, uh, our guy from Sweden, was there. And he's he's cool to have around because he knows everybody. You know, he, he used to work for a, a really big distributor in Sweden for years. Okay. Um, so he knows all the supplement company guys and he knows all the, you know what I mean? That whole like culture of people, he knows everybody cause he was, you know, selling everybody's supplements for a long time. Okay. So, um, you know, he's, he's very ingrained in the industry and, uh, so he's fun to have around and, and, uh, yeah, it was a good time. So I'm happy to be back. I was very jet lagged. I bet um, man. that's a long flight. You know, I was lying to myself like, oh, I'm fine. I slept on the plane. But then yeah. I'd just be, I'd be <laughs> like, you know, I got up at 830 in the morning yesterday. I was like, oh, I'm back on clock. Right. Right. But then I'd be working on my phone and I would literally just no. start asleep. nodding and, out right there. And like I woke up. So twice yesterday, I nodded off and yeah. quickly woke up and my phone was on the ground. Like I oh, dropped it, fallen asleep and dropped it. Just so it was kind of a kind of a funny day. But um, I feel like I'm a little bit back to normal now. You know That's I mean? cool. So I got to ask you some questions, a couple questions. And I, I, I don't see somebody else had asked. Okay, yeah, here we go. It was uh, JRow55 said, um, how is the bodybuilding fitness five in Dubai compared to the U.S.? And what was the, I'm going to add on to that too. What was it like at the expo compared to a U.S. expo? Um, well, I mean, the fitness industry there technically is, is exploding. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, it's a huge growth market. So it's getting a lot bigger. Um, but uh, there was, you know, you see, you see a lot of bodybuilders. It's, I mean, it's just like anywhere. I mean, I don't know what percentage to like rate it as far as like, you know, how many bodybuilders we saw and stuff, but you see, um, I noticed the competition had like an insane number of men's physique guys. In oh the yeah. Competition. Cause our booth was right next to the stage. So behind our booth was the kind of the tunnel for the athletes to go to the stage. Okay. Yeah. You know, like they had it kind of fenced off. Right. So every time they'd bring new weight classes back there, the, the little holding area was right behind our booth. Okay. So every once in a while, I'd look behind the booth to see like, oh, who's, who's going up next? Yeah. And, you know, it's the bodybuilders. I'm like, oh, yeah, some fucking good bodybuilders. Like a lot of guys are jacked, you know? Yeah. 
And then the classic, the classic guys, when they were doing all the classic guys, I was like, oh, these classes are big, like 20 guys in each class. That That's sort of good. Thing. That's great. And, and then the men's physique guys, it was like the last day on Sunday they did those guys. Yeah. And I looked behind the booth a few times and there was just like a fucking massive group of guys back there. <laughs> I was like, how big are these classes? Yeah. So, you know, and of course, like all the other classes were big too. There was a lot of competitors. I talked to one uh, bikini competitor from uh, Liverpool. Okay. Who lives there now. And she's like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I got, I think she got like fifth in her class or something. And I go, oh, how many people? And she's like, oh, there's like 30 girls in my class. Dang. So I'm like, oh. That's like, that's well, like, you know, like team universe level of people. Like, yeah. It was very, know? very, you know, very big show for them. So yeah, it went good. It was a fun trip, man. You that's know, cool. And um, then what about the gyms? Yeah. So we went, went and trained at Binus twice. Okay. And, um, you know, the gym you see on Instagram a lot with the Captain America plates. Yeah. You see Sergio training there and Andrew Jack training there and like all those guys, you know. So we went and trained there and um, that was interesting. It's, it's, uh, they have a, a, you know, they have a great setup. They got these giant screens inside showing bodybuilding videos and, nice. you know, they, they got a ton of equipment, like 20 leg presses. It's, it's one of those big super gyms, you know, it's probably 30,000, fuck, 30,000 square feet, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Fucking maybe more like, I don't know what the square footage is. It's just huge. You know, several big rooms all connected. Um, you know, you could train there for a week and not see your friend. Yeah. Like, oh, you've been here? <laughs> you know, like there was people there that we didn't run into. Like they messaged me after. They're like, you guys were there tonight? I'm like, no yeah, kidding. we were there for like two hours. Wow. You are know, the machines like, oh, the fuck. same or are there different brands there that we don't have? How does that work? Um, I saw a couple brands that I haven't seen in North America yet, but I've already seen them at like the expos and I've seen them. At, yeah, like, they have their, you know, I've seen the brands at the uh, have their booth at the expo and stuff. So um, but yeah, all the same stuff like, you know, there'll be the hammer strength and they had prime and they had all, you know, but they also had a few brands that I, I hadn't heard of yet. But, they, okay. were, you know, it was interesting. I tried some we tried some new stuff, but yeah. Um, the the only the, you know I don't like to gripe about anything, but the only gripe I had about that gym was there's was no weight trees. Okay. And I really like weight trees because huh. you they you know they're just good for organization and there's no weight trees, so all the plates were just kind of like on all the storage pegs. Oh, okay, yeah. And of course, if you do that, you can't really organize them. So there'd no. be like a be like a five pounder and then yeah. a forty five pounder, right? And then a twenty five pounder and yeah. then a two point five pounder <laughs> and then a thirty five pound. So there's a little bit of that, right? If, if, if that bothers you, then it's, it's a little hard. I, I imagine training legs would probably be difficult because you'd have to kind of hunt for plates and stuff. Right. But, Dig through. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they, they seem to get by no one else seemed to care. I'm just, I'm, I'm a real weight tree guy. I like my weight trees. Yeah. You know? I, I can but, hear that. I got rid of mine, man. I had, I had a weight tree when I, this gym closed down during the pandemic and the guy was like, you know what? I was going to close anyway. He was like, so I'm just going to get rid of my stuff now. And that's where I bought my leg press, my hack squat, and my hammer strength rack. Got it all from the same guy. He gave me a good deal to buy it all. And I was like, you know what? I'll take that weight tree too. And I got everything in the basement. And it's just too much. It's like I, I don't have enough room. I was like, something's going uh, You go. don't need You know tree. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't need it. You can keep your plate straight. <laughs> yep. But yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. And um also, the people there don't put their dumbbells away. Ooh, well, the dumbbell. If dumbbell you ran the place, place, Ron, it would change and give them a week. I would be camping by that rack. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking telling people, you know, that yeah. was something we were really big on when we opened the gym. We policed the shit out of the rack for the first while just to make sure everybody was on board. Yeah, and then once you get like your foundation members 
really on board with keeping the rack straight. Yeah, it's everybody like, does. It sets the it? tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, every once in a while, I come into the gym and there's some dumbbells out of place, but our staff always checks it and they always make sure it's organized. And yeah, you know, I'll go, I'll go up to people and go, "Hey, those 40s don't go there." And Will you? Go, oh, you put them where the 35s go. They go one over. <laughs> like, make sure you don't. Like, I'll tell people that. Yeah. So yeah, it was good though. Um, great trip. You know, uh, it, always thankful to come home, you know, sure. just because home's, home's so comfortable. Like there's, you know, I like being on the road, but you know, a hotel is a hotel. It's just not the same as coming home to your own cup of coffee. You know, I miss my coffee mug. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know what you mean, man. It's nice to wake up in your own bed. You got Jedi there, you know, your girl's yeah, there. This, if she's at chick, home still. Chick here too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, people, we we went out of town this week, this yes. weekend. It was Swiss, which now Swiss. Mm. Are you familiar with Swiss? Yeah, the the uh, that's like that strength and conditioning. Uh, uh, yeah, meet big like, all the yeah all the experts seminar. have. Yes, yeah, big summit. Yeah, yeah. So Victoria was speaking in that. And I don't get invited to summits. <laughs> you you'd be great at it, man. We just have to find a topic for you. I, I'll, I'll get you in if you want to go. Okay, get but, me in. Uh, I'll do my little TED talk if you get me into a summit. There you go. So uh, I got to hear, of course, Victoria. Um, I heard Eric Serrano talking. I had never met Eric before. That's you know, do you know Doctor Eric Serrano? He was John Meadows' yeah, doctor. He's John's doctor. Yeah. Yeah. So I I got to meet him, and Victoria's good friends with him. So I had like that instant in. And I heard Stan Efferding did a talk, um, uh, a whole bunch of people, man. It was crazy. Uh, Rick Collins was there talking about steroids and law. And then I met Dave Tate. I had never met Dave Tate before. Oh, really? Yeah. So I met Dave. And then after it was over, he was having a barbecue out at Elite. So I got to go visit the compound for the first time. I'd never been to Elite before. Oh, nice. That gym is like mind-blowing you know what i'm saying it's it's not just the equipment but like every handle every band everything you could possibly want in a gym literally an entire that entire place had bars against the wall just lined all the way down it was crazy you know yeah i i haven't been to that compound yet i was at the location before he moved yeah yeah the original i believe i well i think that that was actually s4 Oh, was it? I thought that was you. That's the only only other one I knew, right? Yeah, because there were a few smaller locations before that main one that we remember with him and John training together. Okay, yeah, and I believe that was called S four, and now the new one is called S five. Okay, and, it's uh, nice, so, man. Yeah, yeah, that's the big money spend. I think the the fancy place Dave always wanted. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. It's it, definitely fancy. There's, there's yeah. that, man. They yeah, even yeah. had so what really like confused me almost. I didn't ask him about this. When you go in the bathroom, first of all, there's a sign when you go to walk back out into the gym and the sign says something like some of the strongest humans in the world have trained here. Yeah. You know, train hard, something like that. And I just, I saw that and I was like, whoo, you know, that gives you chills. Um, But if you look in the bathroom, they have individually roll wrapped in plastic, uh, toilet paper all right so they've got like their little their little roll of toilet paper and it's in a little plastic covering that says elite fts and has their logo on it why do they have toilet paper with their logo on it ron you own a gym answer this for me i think it's a power lifter thing shitting they take shitting yeah very seriously okay i think they're like power lifters they eat a lot 
Um, oh yeah i think maybe they're eating a little bit messier yeah there's maybe a little bit a little bit worse of a shitting experience going on in there i think (laughs) they're not having those healthy bodybuilder fiber shits they're having those those uh mcdonald's drive-through power lifter shits with a case of beer you know yeah yeah we'll have to have we should have dave on and he can explain the uh the 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 toilet paper paper. yeah it's like hey there's three things you need in life need a coffee mug you need a hat and you need toilet paper. Maybe right. that's why he's brand- branding the things he's branding. Maybe it is, man. It was cool though. And then Skip and I did uh, a live podcast. It like we we decided to do it at like eleven o'clock at night, and we set it up in the lobby at Swiss. Like after everything was finished, uh, there was like this after hours party. So we set up just outside of that. We got Ed Cohen to to join in for a minute. We got a bunch of different presenters to stop in. Everybody was getting drunk, so they, we had a good time, you know, getting oh, people man. to pop in. So we had fun, man. Skip was there. Skip, I, I didn't yeah. mention that. Skip was there. We had a good yeah. time. We both learned a lot too. Ah, damn, that sounds like something I might want to go to next year. I'll I'll keep you posted when it's coming up next time around, man. It was okay. good. It was good. I see someone asked. They said, uh, "Did you see anybody with their shoes off in the gym?" No, not a single person. <laughs> there were like there were like two hundred people in the gym that night. Yeah, and I I I kept my eye peeled. I didn't even see a single pair of flip flops. Okay, um, but they do have a bunch of boxing rings in one area, so I'm not sure if they let people. You might. I know boxers typically point. wear shoes. Yeah. I know boxers wear those lace. You know those like almost like those uh, you know those real flat bottom like yeah. shoes that boxers wear. So maybe they all wear those. I don't know. I didn't see anybody in the rings. Yeah. Um, but I did have my eyes peeled for, uh, <laughs> for, for people that didn't have shoes on, you know? So what was your yeah. highlight of the trip? If you had to pick like one aspect of it. Highlight. Probably just training with Dusty. At yeah. The gym. Yeah. Yeah. Just cause Dusty and I have so much fun when we train, you know, and you know, you're doing road workouts. So you're just trying new machines and having fun and you're not like, you know, yeah. putting too much pressure on yourself and. You know, we're both uh, we're both retired, so we're able to train real hard, but also like enjoy just being out at the gym. And, you know, it's not like it's like, oh, God, I have to hack squat six plates for 12 today or I'm going to die. Like, it's not like any of that pressure. You just go in and let's just have fun on. Oh, let's try this machine. I don't know how much to put on it. Yeah. You know, yeah. And you blast out it. You accidentally get 20 reps on something. You're like, (laughs) oh, it was a little light, but that counts as a set, you know? Right, right. So we just had a lot of fun, you know, just um you know, it was cool. Like the, the Sunday night when we trained, we were kind of in a hurry because we wanted to work out and then we had to go shower and go straight to the airport Sunday night. Right. Oh yeah. So we're training and like, you know, Dorian is right beside us training a couple guys and gals filming, you know? So he just kind of like Dorian kind of looks at me, gives me a nod. You know, I'm like, Hey, you know, I didn't want to, you know, he's training guys that are paying for his time. Right. So right. Just, you know, I didn't get a picture or say hi or or chat with him or anything. We were just kind of, Hey, what's up, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, you see, you see a bunch of other guys around the gym, you know, just giving nods to people like Victor was there training, okay. you know, just walking around, you know, he was just training by himself. Just looked like he was just having like a pump because he's retired now, but fuck, does he look good? Oh yeah. yeah. You know, and Dexter, Dexter Jackson. Um, I talked to Dexter for quite a while because his booth was right across from ours. Really? And I've known, I've known Dexter for, for a long, long time too. So um, we chatted and I said, what do you weigh? And he goes, I'm 205. No kidding. He looks fantastic. I bet like he he's, does. He looks like, you know, he looks like just really tiny. Like his waist is like this big. Yeah. And he still has like awesome, just incredible arms hanging out of his t-shirt. I bet his blood work and, is great too. You know what I'm saying? Like he, I bet he's just healthy. 
the only reason you know that he's in his well how old is he actually now 50 something easy yeah he looks like he's like 40 except yeah. he's got a except that he's got a gray beard okay yeah you know what i mean it's just funny he looks yeah. great that'd be cool if we could and, get him uh, on at some point if he'd uh if he'd hang with us that'd be cool yeah yeah he, he will he'll come on he'll come we should on. do that we he'll, should do yeah, that we'll have to get dexter he said now he just he said he's just all about the grandkids he said like yeah. that's all he cares about is the grandkids that's yeah. like his whole day revolves around the grandkids so it's kind of interesting just to hear dexter talk about you know life after bodybuilding a little bit yeah so what about now mm-hmm. lucas says uh what happens in dubai stays in dubai ron <laughs> any spicy stories uh, no spice when you're in the, you don't, you don't do anything even questionably. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you made it back. The, yeah. <laughs> when you're in the Middle East, you don't go like, you know, trying to do any funny business. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, just, right. you just, you know, mind your business, stay in line. Don't get in trouble. Yeah. You know. Well, what do you say we take some of these questions? Like, there is a yeah, bunch of awesome. them. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know if you've seen any. I've been talking the whole time. All so. right. I mean, I, I missed them too, but I've got them all here so I can go back through them. Um, yeah. and I favorited a few because, okay, here's a great place to start. Since Dusty isn't with us, uh, the spawn of Steve hits us with an overrated, underrated Halloween. Well, you know, uh, here's, here's what I'm going to say about Halloween nowadays. Underrated, underrated or over. Oh, okay. It's underrated. It's underrated now. Yeah. I'm going with underrated. I, 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 I and I will admit I'm terrible. I never dress up. Yeah. I just feel like it's always October 27th. When you, and when I'm you like, start thinking uh, about it? Whatever. Ah, fuck it. I'll dress up next year. Yeah. You know? But I remember how much fun Halloween was when you were a kid. Oh, yeah. It doesn't get better than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'd say it's underrated now. I wish we put a little bit more fun into it. Like, I admired the... Um, I, it was great. I got home on Monday, right? I landed at 2 p.m. So 2 in the afternoon, I got off the plane. And I thought, okay, if I go to bed, I'm just going to be even more fucked up. Yeah. So I made myself stay up and I made myself <laughs> go train. Okay. Good move, so man. I went, yeah. So I went to the gym at 5. I met up with Braden. We had a workout. And there were some people training in costumes. Oh, yeah? <laughs> and I thought, you people are awesome. Like... You know, I, I wish I had a little bit more like participation when it came to Halloween, but I, I really like seeing it. You know, we had some yeah. staff members dress up, you know, like that sort of stuff. It's 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 a it's a really it's really fun. And I think it's underrated now. And um, and I'd say that I'm part of the bad team that un, that, that causes it to be underrated because I don't take part. So, so I, it's, it's one of those things. Out here, so this is uh, Victoria's first Halloween in the U.S. Right. And we wanted to walk. We always walk the dogs twice a day, once in the morning, usually around 9 a.m., and then once again in the evening when we're both done with our work. So we said, hey, let's try to walk the dogs a little bit early tonight, so, you know, before the sun goes down. That way we miss the trick-or-treaters. We're, you know, we're not trying to walk down the, the sidewalks with them. And guess what? They had already started. And... It was so here people, they make it almost like a tailgating party. You have like people are pulling up like fire pits in their front yard, putting little tents Ah. up. They've got like music playing at their house. People sitting around, you know, talking about everybody's costumes of the kids as they come up. You know, parents are drinking beers and all that. Everybody's like doing something, having fun. 
And Victoria said, I, that's not the way Halloween is in Canada. She was like, I've never seen anything like this. And, no. and the whole leading up to Halloween, I was like, hey, we want to put out any decorations. She's like, yeah, I don't really like, you know, I don't care about Halloween. She wanted to put out like the fall spread with the pumpkins and the, you know, the fall looking stuff. And uh, she's like, but I'm, she wasn't into Halloween. And then people are putting up decorations through the neighborhood. And she's like, huh, people are really into Halloween. And then once she saw it, she was like, this is really cool. This is like, it's like a block party, basically. Yeah. So she enjoyed that. And I think that now she thinks that, I think to her, it was overrated. And now for her, it's underrated as well. That'd be my guess. There you go. Yeah. 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 There you go. That was a good one. All right. Let's see. Yeah. What else do we have here? Ron, did you finish your Iron Maiden binge? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I listened to like, I think almost all their albums. I still have a few of the new albums I haven't listened to, but I really got like a heavy, deep dose of Iron Maiden, like at least 25 years worth of albums I listened to. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was very interesting. Very interesting. They're a fantastic band. You know, they're not one of my like favorite bands ever or anything like that. But I just thought that I wanted to collect a little more like historical knowledge of, of, of metal. Yeah. And I felt like... You know, can you really talk about music if you don't know Iron Maiden? You know, it's one of those bands I thought, you know, I didn't really know all their stuff. Like I said, I knew their hits and their obvious stuff really well. And I've had lots of Iron Maiden on my playlist in the past, but it was always like the same, you know, 15 songs. Right. And uh, so it was just good to hear like the rest. They're um, they're unbelievable. Yeah, they're a good band. We had several people when you talked about them on the last episode, several people commented in. They're like, oh, yeah, I love Iron Maiden. So yeah. you got some people excited. There's the this the the bass player Steve Harris. Yeah. He's the principal songwriter, which oh. is very unusual. Like most bands, it's not the bass player. Right. right. Um, but Steve Harris is the one that that writes these songs and he writes them as a bass player. So oh. the fact that I started playing some bass mm. gave me a lot to I was like, oh, these because most of the time it's you know someone comes in with a song and then they figure out the bass to go with it and make and enhance the song. Right. You know, like what can the bass player do here to help to serve the song? Right. Um, whereas Steve Harris writes these songs as a bass player. So the bass is very integral to Iron Maiden. It is the foundation of the, of, of the melody and the rhythm. And there's a lot of crazy stuff going on, almost like he's a lead player in a way. Huh. And, um, so when you listen to Iron Maiden as a bass player with my new ear now that I appreciate a little more, yeah, um, I'm like, wow, this guy's fucking, you know, this guy's got like, the, you know, one of those just, you know, unbelievable levels of talent for cr creativity and all this stuff comes out of this guy's head. This is crazy, you know? That's cool. So, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It, it, and that's why one of the reasons why I wanted to listen to them was because I, I kind of realized all this as I was like, going down my little my new little bass playing uh, uh adventure and yeah. i thought fuck i gotta go back and appreciate these a little bit differently see how they sound so yeah all you right know. have you guys you know how it is i do have you ever had a, a wife slash significant other as a training partner i've been training with my wife for the last month and it's absolutely awesome she trains hardcore i have never done that no in fact in fact i think I mean, Emily and I have been together 10 years. I think we did shoulders once yeah. at a hotel gym. <laughs> yeah. It's always just been like, 
not not it's just not been the the thing it's just been it's just not a thing that i usually do yeah. um but i i see other people doing it and it's fucking working really great for them and they love it and it, it's their time together and i yeah. see lots of people at the gym training with their husbands and wives and they're you know giving her and it's it's you know it goes well but um i have never really been that 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 guy but uh hey if it works for you i guess i've always spent a lot of time with my significant other so the training time was like my time. Yeah. Whereas I yeah. see other people are busy and maybe they have kids and maybe they can only get out of the house together for an hour and they go work out together and it's like their time. So I, I, I guess that would change the dynamic, you know? Yeah. The so. closest we get is sometimes we will be in the gym training in our gyms, obviously the basement at the same time, you know? So she's doing yeah. her thing. I'm doing my thing. And then we finish up, you know, more or less around the same time. And that's kind of yeah. cool. I, I still, I enjoy that getting to spend that time with her. We don't really talk, you know, we're not like being social during during it, but it's kind of cool, you know? Yeah. I, I still like when, when we happen to have a day where one of us isn't already at the gym uh -huh. and, and we get to drive to the gym together. That's cool. Yeah. Train and then drive home together. Like yes. that's almost feels like a little, almost feels like you, you spent some time together just because you you know, you shared the same training schedule for a day. Yeah. It, uh, it seems to make, you know, make it feel a little bit different. But, you know, she's always got so many clients and I'm always in and out of the gym. It's like we never go at exactly the same time. I see her there all the time training, but, you know, you're not driving there together and all that stuff. You know? Right, right. Yeah, it's one of the fun parts about a holiday is you go, okay, let's go work out. And you both go to Starbucks and you get your coffees and you drive to the gym and, and you're like, you know, that sort of thing. So it's fun. Uh, one for me. I'm a fellow Michigander. Want to coach me, Scott? I would be happy to. That said, though, I don't coach people like, you know, I work with people that live in Michigan and I hardly see them in person, honestly. Like we still, I still work with them online. That's where I do my best work. You know what I mean, Ron? Do you have, I'm sure you have people that you, that are probably living close to you, but you do have the gym. Do you have people that you don't see that you work with that are in that yeah. proximity? Yeah, I mean, I have clients that train at my gym, and I hardly ever see them because they're morning guys or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's still all about photos and check-ins and all that stuff. I mean, it's still online training. Right. I, I, and I make sure I tell them that. Like, I'm training you online. It's great if I see you at the gym five weeks out. We can go have a quick look in the posing room so I can gauge what your pictures actually mean. Yeah. You know? But, you know, obviously, if I'm training, like, five, six people from my gym, I can't see everybody the, you know, I can't just be running up to the posing room every time I run into somebody. I got stuff to do. It's like, you know, you got to like kind of keep your sh your schedules absolutely you know, set. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but it's very helpful if they're close. Obviously, you can. Th that that's one thing that seeing somebody in person doesn't necessarily make it easier to get them in shape. Like some of the best work I've ever done was people I've never met. I know what you mean. Right? Yeah. But seeing them in person, even once, helps you gauge what their photos really mean. It does at times. It, can, like, oh, it can be okay. helpful. Yeah. So your your kitchen photos actually mean this. Yeah. And Especially if they're not great there. photos, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, what else do we have here? We had a bunch of them. Uh, do you guys recommend a fitness tracker? I've been using my fitness pal. You guys have any suggestions about uh, Nam? 
Noom. I don't know. Maybe that's Noom? a, I don't know what that means. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I just, I downloaded uh, an app one time and I just couldn't get into bothering entering all the data and I just don't care. Yeah. I just don't care. I know what I'm eating. Yeah. I, I, it's, that's not like after 30 years of, of using nice round numbers in my head and going, that's 50 carb, 50 carb, 50 carb, about 150 carbs. Yep. Like, and then you start using the tracker app and you're like, it's 47.5 carbs and that's 52.7 carbs. And that's, and all of a sudden you got decimal points in your head. Ah, fuck. I, that's fucked up. It's still 150 carbs. Yeah. I want nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I want nothing to do with, with that sort of data. It doesn't mean anything to me. I don't care. People message me all the time. Like, I burned 800 calories on the stepper. I'm like, eh. says what? Yeah. Says the stepper? Like, I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. That number means nothing to me. I don't even care to hear it. Yeah, you know? I hear you, man. That and yeah. the, when I see the people have their um, electronic body fat scales at home and they're like, I, I went, you know, I changed a half a percent this morning at our check-in. Like, uh, you know. Yeah. So the one thing I will say about those scales is I have a client, a natural client who has one of those scales. Uh-huh. And she would send her, you know, every, every check-in, I'd get photos, yeah, body weight, and her body fat percentage from the scale. Right. And, and you know, I, I never asked for it. It was just always in the check-in. Right. But it did, it did come down almost every single check-in. Did it? Okay. So, yeah. So it became sort of like, you know, when you're using a broken scale that's like four pounds off. It was consistent to itself. It's consistently to itself. Yeah. And it dropped like one, you know, some weeks should be, maybe she's 112. Right. At 12.5%. And then the next week she's still 112, but it says 11.9%. Well, that sounds like that one worked out. I have never and seen like, it that hmm. way. I've seen it yeah. where people use the scale that tells them their muscle mass and their like the in-body scale. And then they say like, hey, I lost a half a pound of muscle today. You know, but yeah, they're, they're just no. deplete. And it's like, no, you didn't. You know that. Yeah, no, because, yeah. I would say they this. They could have just missed a dose of creatine and you'd have less muscle mass on the thing. Right, right. You know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. I would say with the fitness apps, like MyFitnessPal, if you just are getting started, it's a great way to start being more like cognizant of that stuff. But a- absolutely. The biggest mistake is people look at the, to- the total protein. They see, oh, I'm getting 500 grams of protein. When in actuality, or, you know, I'm making that number up, but in actuality, the complete protein they're getting is far less. Like when you talk to, Ron, do you figure the total protein in somebody's diet or do you figure the actual, the, the, um, the complete proteins? Like, do you figure the protein from oatmeal, for instance? I never, ever, ever, I round, I, I, I monkey things right down to nothing. My diets are all done with round numbers, yep. no decimal points, no single digits. It is 50 carbs, 50 protein servings, yeah. you, know, you know, like very, very, very basic. That's why when people start using the apps, they start saying to me, well, you told me my protein was 250, but on my <laughs> app, it's actually 262. Yes, yes. And my answer is, I don't care. Ooh. Like, like... I like don't jumble the numbers that are working. Like, look at your just let's just keep this simple, you know? Yeah. Um, but so part of that is just because I'm so good at doing it my way that I why would I change? Like it works. It works really well for me. Yeah. So exactly. but 
but the fitness apps are fantastic for people who 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 are new and don't know these numbers and they don't know how much carb is in in the rice they're eating and they don't understand how many trace grams of fat they're getting from different types of meat they're eating and they're like oh yeah, yeah you're right that does add up you know yeah. that's why you told me to have you know this cut of beef instead of that cut of beef you know yeah you know so so that that stuff helps those people i'm not saying they're useless i'm just saying for me i just i prefer to just kind of avoid all that stuff okay so we're past halloween here in the u.s we're heading into thanksgiving you guys already had thanksgiving so the next thing is christmas uh what do you think you what's your opinion on christmas music being played at the moment because it's already happening somewhere i know it is yeah I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I like walking into a store and hearing some Christmas music. You're like, ah, here we go. Yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah. I don't mind that. I'm not at all a Grinch. Yeah. I like Christmas. (laughs) Christmas is great. You know, I, I hope that people, um, can be really nice to each other this year. We had a couple of Christmases where people were a little bit fucked up Mm. and it'd be, it'd be good if we had like a return to like the real friendly, you know, say hi to your neighbor Christmas. And uh, I'm hoping for a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, I, I know I got to hear some Mariah Carey or it's just not Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Let's you see. Know? And we have a Christmas playlist for the gym. Like there's a couple of Christmas metal albums. Yeah. You know, like assorted artists doing Christmas songs. And, and my favorite Christmas song of all time is Run Run Rudolph by Lemmy, Dave Grohl and uh, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. Do you hear and that Dave, one very often in the in the? In well, the I play it. Oh, okay. Oh, well, no, I I make sure it's on the gym playlist on Christmas. Like you know, Run Run Rudolph with Dave Grohl on the drums and Billy playing guitar and Lemmy on bass singing. Yeah. I make sure we play that one. That's that gets in heavy rotation. Let's see here, Fuad's podcast um, or two. He said uh, he's sponsored by a TRT clinic, Merrick. Um, he said he got like 40 vials of blood taken. What's the most you have taken both of you? Oh, I don't know. I just, when I get like, uh, you know, really extensive blood work done, like, you know, you know, normal blood work, they take several vials for yeah. my normal blood work. Yeah. But I, I did get like really extensive blood work done. Um, one time I, so I actually had a skin cancer on my back. Oh, no kidding. In 2013, I had some basal cell carcinomas, which is technically like the best kind of cancer to get if you're going to get skin cancer because it's, you know, pretty mild and they just cut it out and put some cream on the spot for a while. And, you you know, you should have it. Um, But uh, when I had that, they did do like uh, I remember they they must have taken 10 or 10 or more vials of blood that time just to do a safety check. Everything came back completely fine. So they said, oh, you just happen to have these basal cells. So they just removed them and, you know, I was fine. But that would be the most blood work I ever had. Yeah, I bet, man. I never look. Like, I don't count the vials. I just turn my head oh, yeah. the other way. I don't want to see it. They do their thing. Yeah. And then when they're done, I'm like, okay, I breathe a sigh of relief, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ron, have you ever finished a box of cereal? 364 oh, yeah. grams at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've done some cereal binges. It's not hard to do, you know. It goes down. Easy. No, that that actually used to be a high carb day thing. Yeah, I would eat a box of cereal like if I was dieting really hard, yeah. and like my coach said, "Okay, it's do high carbs. Let's do this." I'd be like, "Oh fuck, a plow box of cereal." Yeah, you know. 
<clears throat> what about I ate a whole box of mini wheats one day? Mini wheats. I'm trying to think. What frost frosted mini wheats? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. those are of... they're like the big pieces, right? Yeah, yeah, like the big squares with the icing on them. Yeah, those yeah. are good. I used those to be able to eat a whole box of mini wheats. You ever have Weetabix? It's like a UK thing. And they're yeah, like, like shredded mini- wheat. Yeah, they're without the yeah. without the frosting on them. Yeah, yeah. That's a they had them in Australia too. Used to dump protein shake on those. Ooh. Finn asked us any guidance on the mental side of aging, being okay with not training like you're 25, being okay with not going as heavy, etc. I mean, yeah, I've had to go through some of that lately. You know, like there's lots of things I'm not going to do anymore because the risk to reward ratio is just ridiculously bad. You know, like, am I going to try to squat four plates for reps all the time now? No, I'm not going to squat four plates anymore. You know, I, there's no need for me to do that. The last thing I want to do is get fucking hurt. Yeah. I got too much going on. I'm enjoying being able to move around so much that I'm not going to do anything to get hurt. I'd rather train in the 20 rep range with lighter weights and just train really hard than risk any sort of injuries. You know, like I still train really hard on leg day. Like I'm going to absolute failure, but I'm keeping my reps up a lot higher than I used to. So I'm not, uh, you just have to, you know, I got that use it or lose it mentality. And the last thing I want to do is get hurt and not be able to use it, you know? And then yeah. it's hard to get it back, you know? Yeah. You know, the, the older you get, the harder it is to get back from an injury. It is, man. And, uh, yeah. So you got to be really, you know, aware that everything you do has a risk to it. And, um, you know, I like to train to see another day now, you know? Yeah. I think I put my time in. I put my time in taking risks in the gym, you know, the seven plate hack squats and all that sort of stuff. And I just, you know have no interest in that level of risk anymore. Yeah. You know, and you're, so you're okay with that. You're okay with not training the way you used to. I mean, it's, I think it's an evolving thing. It's something I have to deal with too. You know, I'm not a yeah. kid anymore. It, it, I think it's like, it's important to be able to reframe stuff at the end of the day. You know what? I didn't start training because I absolutely loved pressing the 125 pound dumbbells like that wasn't the reason i love training because i loved the experience and i can have yeah. a really good experience in another way so i think if it's like if i want to keep training in my life and i'm going to stay keep like, staying healthy and not getting hurt that helps me to keep it in my life i'm going to figure yeah. out what i can do to keep it there you know yeah yeah and it, it does help that you know i've put a lot of work into trying to look good Like, and I don't mean like for other people, I just mean for me, like I want to look good. I want to get up in the mirror and go, fuck, I'm really lean. Like I'm staying nice and lean and (laughs) you really are too. And, and, and it, it, and it does help. Like, obviously we don't do this for other people, but it does help when your, your peers, um, you know, people like obviously normal people are going to think, you know, Oh, you look great. But when your peers say like, man, you look really healthy yeah, and, and you look great. Like, I hope I look like you when I'm, you know, totally done this bullshit. Yeah. And um and when you hear that you're like, "Okay, that's awesome. Like I know I'm doing something right. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because you know, we all see people that retire from bodybuilding and some of them stay in great shape, some of them don't. You know, some of them still have the off-season look, but they're just smaller. Yeah. Another guy, like I don't want that. I don't want to be 240 and look off-season. I'd rather yeah. be 220 and look really good. 
and feel good, you know, you know? And feel good, you know? So yeah. I have no qualms about getting lighter or, or anything like that anymore. I'm kind of over it, but the feedback that you get from people, like, you know, when I saw Dexter, like I told Dexter, man, you look like a million bucks. And he goes, you look great. How, how much do you weigh now? Like he's giving me the same thing back, you know? So it felt good to, uh, to just know that, you know, people appreciate that you've stayed in, you know, you're doing something right. Dang, man. Do you got, you remember, well, you don't remember, you weren't there. Do you remember Dusty and I telling you about taking a little video tour of one of our listeners, gyms? He, he just commented and Michael Devereaux. And he said, Scott, I just added a, what's this brand Jim? Uh, what is it? Jim Lico. Jim Lico. Jim Lico. Yeah. Seated chest press and a core strength seated row for the gym. Some incredible nice. equipment, dude. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Jim Lico brand is, I, I can't remember what country they're out of. Uh, yeah. It's a European brand, I believe. Okay. And um, I've only used a few of their pieces. Yeah. They've got a real small footprint. Oh, that's great for a home gym. Yeah, I know I know. Destination Dallas has a few pieces of Jim Lico, and there's a couple other gyms I've been to that had a few pieces. And um, I haven't tried many pieces, but I know they, they do have pretty small footprints, which seems to be an advantage for some people. Okay. Um, so yeah, check them out. I think. Okay, hold on. Okay, this looks cool. If it, I wonder if it's this one. This is a Jim Lico seated chest. Press. Yeah, so that'd be like the pin loaded one. But they've also got all the plate loaded shit. You know uh, what I mean? I like a chest yeah. press, uh, like a plate loaded chest press that has that foot plate to kick it yeah. up. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, we had another one. I don't know. I can't remember where it was. It was, it was up a little ways, but he was saying that, uh, he's, I think working on a PhD, but he asked us tips on, on being more effective studying. Oh, damn. Well, I mean, I don't know he's about not studying the right people. Uh, well, I just know that when I'm into something that I'm actually trying to do, like, I guess last night, last night I, I sat and played guitar for like almost two hours and I was yeah. watching a, a YouTube video. Oh yeah. Jim Lico's from Sweden. Okay. Yeah. Um, thank you. So, uh, um, which would explain why destination had some ahead of everybody else. Cause gasp is from Sweden. Right? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Gasp is from Sweden. Better bodies. It's a Swedish company, but their headquarters is in Dallas now where the gym is yeah. destination. Right. And they were like the first people I knew that had Jim Lico. So that would make sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, as far as studying goes, like, you know, last night I, I, I had this almost two hour little guitar binge. I was watching YouTube videos and and, you know, kind of I'm kind of basically taking lessons online through yeah, YouTube. Um, and, you know, you, you don't like get off your phone like, you know, Emily went to bed. You know, there's nothing turned on. No one's bothering me. It's just me. You know, you have to have your focus zone. Um, you can't be distracted. Don't have the TV on and fucking checking your phone and yeah. get, you know, that sort of thing. It was, you know, I, I set that time aside for me and, and I knew that I was going to be able to just focus. And I didn't look at my phone once the whole time I was, it was like two hours of just me watching these YouTube videos going over them. I rewatched the same video three times and, you know, worked along with it and tried to, you know, pick up what the guy was teaching. And, um, so yeah, I mean, the only advice I have about studying is, you know, just commit to the focus. You have to just set that time aside. Yeah. And you know? and don't have distractions. You know, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a big one. I find too, it helps. So I'm thinking of like when I'm doing work and I need, when I, so not as much studying as much as like focusing to sit at my desk. Cause I'll sit here for hours, you know, a day, 10, 12 hours sometimes, 
maybe longer. And a big part of it is having things like blocked off, you know, where I know right now I'm working on this and then I focus on that thing. And then when I'm done with that, I'll take a break. Like I'll get up after a couple hours, go walk around, get some food, let the dogs outside, walk them around the block even, you know, but definitely don't just sit there. And I know Victoria does that too. She actually has like these, blocks that she sets and they're two hour blocks and she takes a 15 minute rest or break to you know re reboot basically uh and i think that's important like you can't just sit there for like eight hours straight you know yeah yeah you become less productive you know over time yep yep you got to see anything else over there on the side round anything you want to tackle we have so many people commenting yeah no it's just awesome to have this many watching the show it really I mean, is. Damn. You know, it's, um, let's see if I I'm just this. looking here. I really like people, some of this stuff. Yeah. We had some people say like, uh, Anthony here says so the first time he caught a live show from us. So oh yeah. Awesome. We don't do them often, but I, I like them. They're the last fun. one we did, the last one we did was awesome. Um, you know, it, it wound up getting really good views too, you know, yeah. which is amazing. M, uh, I'm in. He said oh, he, he took, forgot he was. He said he took a, a photo with you and he got to meet you and Dusty. He said that in another comment. He took a photo and he was supposed to take me in it. So oh, he got damn. a chance to meet you out there at the uh at the expo. Yeah. Like that was like I said, that was just crazy to meet people to watch a show, you know, that far away. It uh Body by just, Dale D D D Y L. Dill. Body Dill. by Dill? Must he be Dylan. <laughs> He says he's coming out to train at West Coast Iron, uh, visiting uh, Vancouver. He lives 16 hours away, so that's kind of cool. Oh, so, I mean, 16 hours away would be, I mean, damn. I mean, where I'm from is only a 12-hour drive away, so he's even farther away than that. So he must be from, like, you know, he must be from, or he may be from the States. He might be driving up from, like, Oregon or down where Justin Shire is or something like that. Who knows where he's coming from? Where's Justin at? He's in Oregon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember the town, but he's in Oregon somewhere. Yeah. You know. Let's see. What's up, guys? From the mic. Let's see. Did you see uh, Hollingshead's uh, costume? No. What was it? Oh, he was like God of War. No kidding. How did he look? It was was good. Awesome. Yeah. Pull up his Instagram. All right. Yeah. I want to talk about this for a sec. And I'll tell you why afterwards. All right, give me just a minute here. Yeah, pull up Hollingshead's Hollingshead's Instagram. There we go. Oh, yeah, I see it's his profile picture now. Yeah, so scroll down just a little bit. He's posted a shit ton in the last two days. Okay. You'll see the Kratos. Oh, here we go. Yeah, well, this is just like a highlight video that he appears in. From the comic-con but look at all these costumes you know so hollings head is like like perfect for this whole world this whole oh, like, see, look at that like, look at that like imagine him walking around the expo like an actual fucking god of war yeah he's you know? a beast man so scroll down one there's another picture if you just scroll down one more there's him there looks like he's just meeting some fans like look at the line around him oh Everyone yeah taking photos you know like that's incredible you know, look at his legs yeah so those people <laughs> Those I love this. I love this. So those people are used to seeing muscle costumes. Yeah. And muscle suits. 
right? And pe people who've put an enormous amount of work into their costume and their makeup, but then this comes along. Fucking yeah. Hollingshead walks in at what, 285 pounds, like shredded. Right. Actually fucking like as big as the video game character looking exactly like he should. It's amazing. With like, I mean, that's a world-class costume. He that looks like a very professional job. He's obviously had somebody do his makeup for him and everything. His whole body's covered. Right. Um, that he must just be like a, an incredible sight to the to that crowd because that's not the bodybuilding crowd. No. You know, look no. at his calves. His calves just fucking exploding out of those boots. Yeah. And so I I just love that he 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 must stand out there as like you know one of the best possible costumes let's see if he's got any on his stories here let's see we know he does gaming hold on he might have like a highlight who knows if you look at his highlights oh he yeah might have one look yeah right you know so i talked to hollings head we we left each other a bunch of voice messages yeah um yesterday we were instagramming voice notes back and forth right and um and i was just telling him i was like fuck dude you know fucking he said he's got uh there's a new God of War video game being launched like uh, next weekend. Okay. And he got an invite. There's this giant store downtown London. Yeah, yeah. It's like the some video game store that's really popular and they're doing this big launch. Okay. And uh so they've invited James to come down dressed as Kratos. I think it's Kratos. Okay. Is the name of the character. I forgive me for you nerds out there that, that <laughs> Ron doesn't know the name of the character. <laughs> but um he, he got invited down to resume that he's going to dress up again get the full makeup and it's a midnight launch you know those people that go like they're going to be standing in line yeah know? yeah that yeah. sort of shit so he's going to go down and fucking help launch the video game so i don't know what they're paying him or whatever but you know he said fuck it you know you only live once let's get the exposure that's a blast you know? man you know well just think of how many guys getting ready for the olympia would be like oh i'm dieting yeah you know? no kidding it's like whatever fucking go down there get some exposure, freak people out. It'd be awesome. There's a guy I so, know here. Um, he, they actually made a documentary called quest of the muscle nerd. And it was a documentary about two guys that were both weightlifting and they wanted to put costumes together to do like this. I can't remember the term he used. If it was like, like fit cause or, you know, something mm -hmm. like that. But anyway, though, they had like this big fitness cosplay thing that they did in Georgia at one of the uh, at one of the cons and they turned it into a legit contest where they you would be judged you'd get on stage and you would do like some sort of little routine like swing your axe around or whatever you know and you would be judged on both your costume and your physique together and he's he's been getting some uh some you know interest in that so people are doing that now here they'd love james oh fuck yeah. he's perfect for that shit you know yeah he is so I, I, I like that stuff. I like seeing the guys get out and reach the mainstream somehow. Yes. Um, yes. And I like seeing, I like seeing, you know, fuck, how many years have we been doing this? I like seeing bodybuilders having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, really? You know, like, I don't, like, how many videos about your chicken can we watch? Yeah. How as much as we love so Jay, as much as, and as awesome as Jay is, like, during his pro career, he was not... The, I, fun isn't a word I would use to describe his his life at the time. <laughs> so that's why Jace, that that's why I actually think Jay Cutler is super fun to watch now because he's uh, oh, got yeah. his dogs, his fucking dogs. He's holding his puppy. He's holding his little dogs, talking about his. You know, like it's just so funny to see like the real Jay 
Because, I mean, we were getting the real Jay before. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, that absolutely. That was always the real Jay. That was Jay. That's why he was the champ. Yeah. But, but you know, um, you know, we see pictures of him on the longboard now, you know, going out for like a neighborhood surf, yeah. you know. And um, I guess I get the same. The people message me about seeing me, you know, do my stuff. But they think it's just like really great to see someone having fun. And um, so, you know, seeing James embrace this, this Comic-Con world because he loves the games, you know. Yeah. I almost envious. I am a little bit envious of some of the guys that really love the gaming world because like gaming is just something I never really made time for. But I always thought like those games are awesome. Yeah. You know, but they're intimidatingly good. Like I feel like I'm too removed from gaming now to fucking relearn how to use all my fingers. It's, I don't it's know. a whole other world too, man. Yeah. Like those, those people are so good. I got into a first person game, first person shooter game for a while. And I stopped a couple of years ago and I got really good at it for a little bit, but man, right. just like I'd noticed if I took like a week off or something, then my skill level would go down on it. And it's such a time suck. Like, you know, you can only do so many things in life. You got your bike, you got the gym, you got your yeah. guitar, you know, you know. got your relationship. It's like any more than that, you would have to, you'd have to do less of something, you know? So here's, here's a topic I, that we talked about earlier. Okay. We talked about, remember when we talked about Andrew Huberman and the dopamine Oh yeah, yeah. And how he was we talked about that, you know, that at Swiss too. I thought of you because there's a bunch of good stuff there about dopamine. Okay, okay. So one of the things that Huberman says is we have to be cognizant. Like again, he's not trying to preach too much about like you know not enjoying the small things in life. Sure, you know. But he's just saying be aware when you start to prioritize things that easily give you the dopamine hit without any work. Mm, yeah right because that's that's a very demotivating thing you like if you're getting dopamine without having to work for it then the motivation to do the work gets affected yeah that makes sense and that's that's the root of a lot of addiction and yeah. not just drugs but like you know bad habits and getting into ruts and stuff because you're getting your dopamine just easily right and um so you know, so I, and again, like I'm not, I'm not have, I don't have to like change my life anything. I don't have any like terrible dopamine habits, but it sure has made me more aware of like the dopamine reward. Like I rode my bike yesterday morning. I went out, made myself do an hour on the bike because I hadn't, you know, I'd been away and stuff. And it was, you know, it actually was great. I, I thought I'll be, I'm going to be rusty because it's been like a full week. It was yeah. a fucking surprise. I did surprisingly well. That's cool. And, and I felt so great. Like it was, you know, noon and I was heading back home and I was like, man, I feel like a million bucks. Yeah. And I thought that's exactly what Huberman's talking about. I had, I went and I worked, I worked and put effort in for that dopamine. Yeah. And the, re and the reward was a much larger, more satisfying amount of dopamine than if you do something like quick hitter for dopamine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, sense. So yeah, just uh, sort of just being more aware of of where you're getting your your you you know your positive uh, rewards from, yeah. Because we're all just fucking, we're all just like you know Pavlov's dog, you know. Absolutely, you, you know. know? He Here's the sound it salivates, you know. Like we're all just like programmed, you know. We get in, the, and that's what habits are. People don't even realize they're bad habits. Yeah, you know. They don't yeah. Realize. I talked with uh, Dr. Mike Miltek. He, he was out there. Victoria works with him. He spoke and he spoke about overtraining and, and it kind of related in a way because he was talking about that 
you know, actually, I have a couple notes here. It'd be easier for me to look at them. But he was talking about, um, okay, so we've all seen and we've been there. I mean, I know I've been there where we are training more than we should. And, you know, we get a lot of satisfaction from training. Dude, you're a gym owner. You see people in the gym and this is, you know, no disrespect to people, but people who have been going to the gym literally every day for years and that they're not changing. And I think that we get kind of like just hooked on the idea of going to the gym and training and, and we aren't really looking at the progress. And so like the gym kind of becomes the end result, not the progress. And to tell sometimes people like, Hey, you got to, you know, if you want to grow, you're going to have to take at least two days off a week. And that idea can be kind of, you know, troublesome. Anyway, he was talking about addiction to training and he said, we stop finding pleasure uh, in other things that our dopamine release only happens when we train. And I know I've been there where I'm like, oh man, I feel my best when I train. I only feel, and then you get to that point where you're like, I only feel good when I train. Like life is a drag. You got to get through that other shit you're doing. And then you get in the gym and you're like, fuck yeah, this is exactly what I needed. I feel so much better now, which is, it can be a positive thing. But then from there, we start to dissociate. And you think about it, man, when you get to that phase, it's like, then you stop. That's at that point where we start risking injury. Get this. Cause he says, we stop feeling pain. Okay. Think about like when you're just numb through your day, you're like, I just, I don't care. I just want to get out of this job. I just want to get to the gym and lift. I'm going to be squatting today. It's going to be the best workout ever. We, we stop really connecting to our bodies. We don't have as much of a connection on like, you know, it, that's how we end up getting hurt. And then he says, from there, we start experiencing like a constriction of our personalities that like, I'm nothing without my sport. You tell certain people like, hey, you're going to have to take two days off of training per week. And then they're like, well, what am I going to do? I don't have anything else to do. But yeah. it all goes back to that, that addiction to training, which I thought that was really interesting, man. I absolutely agree. I mean, I probably had a huge, I think all bodybuilders at a high level of competition have a, a certain degree of addiction to their process. Sure. Yeah. Because it's every, it's everything to them, you know, like, um, and, and I also think too, like, I know, I know a lot of people who've struggled with addiction and, you know, alcohol and stuff. Yeah. And, um, I noticed that almost always they want to train every day. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's there, you know, obviously there'd be some anxiety um, about what if I don't train, am I going to, you know, fall into a, a bad day? You know, if I don't get my training dopamine, am I going to fall into a bad rut where I maybe try to, you know, get it from something else? Yeah. Um, so there's, I think, an element of that too. But yeah, I mean, we're, we all have addictive personalities. Anyone who's like, been bodybuilding like hardcore and competing i think there's a bit of addictive personality in all of us so yeah you know i sort of feel a little bit lucky that you know i was able to you know recognize you know not maybe understand it but be at least aware enough that you know that was a thing that existed yeah <laughs> you know yeah and uh and and now just reading more about it and getting more science about it it's it's really fascinating to me like uh this huberman guy has been really really uh I don't want to say helpful because like I said, I, 
you know, when he's talking about a lot of these really bad ruts that people get into, I'm like, okay, well, that's at least I'm not thick. I know it's not me, but like I can look at parts of my life and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, I understand what he, where he's coming from with this. Totally. Totally. And also as a coach, right? Cause now you're like, Oh, this is my one client. (laughs) Right, Right. Right. This is him. Totally. This is why he does this all the time and doesn't fucking, and doesn't take his days off. Yeah. And doesn't listen to me. And this is why he keeps doing extra cardio. Yeah, exactly. And this is why he keeps cutting carbs because he's like ah. the, the, being like, like I'm doing, I'm working, look at the work I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Um, it, but it's, it's just not, it's not how, how it actually works. You, you know, know where you get a good dopamine hit is in contest prep. Every time you check in, you see progress and then you hit the off season and things don't really, you don't see that week to week dramatic change. Oh my gosh, there's these lines in my back. There's these lines in my glutes. Oh my gosh, look at the way this is, you know, my abs are coming in or whatever. You don't get that same kind of dopamine hit, you know, 15 weeks into your push and bulk, you know? Yeah. So that's one of the things when, when I was watching Huberman talk on this one video, I thought, man, this is exactly why people don't want to stick to the plan. Because they're seeking, yep. like, I, I saw a funny meme the other day about, you know, if, 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 um, if the, if the Instagram influencer trainer people actually posted the real workouts they built their physique with, hmm. all we would see is the same shirt, different day. Yeah. 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 Right. So you get this like advanced physique who's got all these fancy new things that they're teaching on their Instagram and they didn't actually build their physique with any of them. No. Their physique was built with 20 years of leg pressing, hack squatting, squatting with a barbell. Yeah. Fucking barbell curls, like yeah. All the same shit. Hammer incline, the fanciest chest machine their gym had for the first 15 years. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. And, and, and now they're posting all this other stuff and, and it's, it's a lot of content. And then a, the, another slide on that same post was, um, um, uh, you know, uh, client. Um, I think I need to do more of this. Trainer. It's only been a week. Yeah. Yeah. Client. Hey, this new exercise looks really good. Trainer. Again, it's only been a week. (laughs) You know, like that whole pursuit of like, there's got to be more reward. Yeah. And it's like, no, there's not. Like, you got to understand it's, it's going to be a lot of the same shirt or same, same shit, different shirt. Yeah. You know, it's a good way of putting um, it. Yeah. You know. So, and I think that's part of it too. You know, you get that dopamine release from something novel too, right? Yeah. Just doing something novel. It gives you like a, oh, you know, we did something new today. Like when you go to a new, even like little things like going to a new restaurant and having a good meal. Yeah. Is, is, is a bit of a dopamine release. And you're like, ah, oh, like a little bit of adventure that paid off, you know? Right. And, and so you can, you can, it's, it's just it's, being aware of this stuff has just uh, really been interesting to me. And I just think that there's a lot to a lot to help us understand why we behave the way we behave and the decisions we make and the choices we make. It's uh, yeah, um, I'm looking back on certain stages in my life and going, oh, that was just fucking, <laughs> that was textbook. This a lot of know? dopamine happening back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was definitely didn't even aware of what I was doing, you know, so yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like, it's tra- mindfulness, you know, is kind of what you're talking about. Cause you're able to, instead of reacting out of emotion, you're able to step back and recognize, oh yeah, that does make me feel really good, but it's making me feel good because of this, you know, it's not yeah. because otherwise, like I, I can say as a kid and, and even this is me before recovery, 
was that I would just react out of my gut feeling, whatever, whatever, whatever drew me toward it. That's what I was going to go toward. And I didn't necessarily think about the ramifications of it. You know, I, I just was thinking about like with, with, with emotion really versus being right. able to step back and, and be able to break those things apart. I think that was the biggest tool that I learned to like help me grow up basically. Yeah. It's when you think about dopamine as your, um, motivation chemical. Yes. It, it starts to make you go, Oh shit. <laughs> I, I see why it's bad to like constantly consume junk dopamine. Yeah. You know, cause it's just, it, it demotivates you to do the work on the things that you would actually get a huge reward from, you know, you get the like, the rush from buying that item. I remember. So when I did, yeah, to recovery, yeah online shopping. Yeah. yeah. There was this That's rug amazing. that was a beautiful rug and it was like $400 and I couldn't really afford to buy a $400 rug at the time. And dude, I wanted it so bad. I was like, ah, I just, I want this rug and I didn't buy it for that sole purpose. Cause I was like, I know that I'm going to spend $400 on this rug and it's not good. Like it got to the point, man, where I was like, oh, just the living room would look so nice with the rug and it. It's just exactly the rug that I want. I had it all built up in my head. Right. But had I gotten the rug like two months later, I would have been like, fuck, it's getting dirty. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then what else am I going to buy after that? Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. So, yeah, it's a it's 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 sort of my new little background. It's good. You, know, you always you always yeah. have things that you're kind of aware of running in the background. You know, yeah. was there was and, there uh, anything you've picked out that you're like, huh? I wonder if this is something I should curtail, like even like, you know, getting coffee or something small. Um, yeah. So it made me aware of a bad habit that I, well, it wasn't a habit yet, but I was noticing it. Okay. You know how Instagram feeds you what you click on? Yes. So I had sort of like, I think I was sitting in an airport or something and you get clicking on a certain type of video and I was clicking on videos of fights. Okay. Like, you know, people getting in fights at concerts and people getting in fights at the mall. <laughs> you just went down and, a yeah, fight rabbit hole. Fight rabbit hole. And you click on like a fight at the mall. Yeah. You see some guy get knocked out at the mall. And then, of course, the next 10 reels it presents to you are, you know, two chicks fighting at a fucking bar. And then the next thing there's a girl slapping another girl out in a parking lot. Yeah. And then you're watching two guys fucking fisticuffs in the street you know right and you're watching all these like fight videos and you're like yeah fucking get them yeah go. <laughs> you know uh, yeah and and i must i must have watched like over the course of like a month i must have watched a couple hundred fight videos that instagram put in my face <laughs> it's just like all you're getting anymore <laughs> yeah and then when I, I remember that and that was like right before i watched this huberman video and when i watched him i was like oh my god this is like poison for my yeah. brain. Yeah. Like I'm drink I'm like I'm putting like poison in my brain. Like the last thing I want is to feel a, a, an emotional reward from watching fucking losers fight in the mall. Yeah. You know? Like what the fuck? Why would I waste my time on that? So I started like like trying to purge that. it out. Yeah, just don't click purge on it that. Out. Yeah. Yeah, don't click on that anymore. That's like a that's like junk food. You know, cuz the whole thing like what you know our diet our diet is more than what we eat, right? That whole sort of thing was like, oh, I was like, there we go again. That's a, 
exactly what he was talking about because you know how excited you get when you watch 10 fight videos in a row your heart rate goes up <laughs> you know you'd, i'd find myself i'd find myself like watching you know i'm sitting in the airport watching fight videos and i'm like i'm tense yeah oh yeah yeah that's you know, not like there's a, a yeah physiological response yeah and you're like the last thing i want to do is be fucking giving my why am i doing this this putting is yourself in that sympathetic nervous system like you know fight or flight mechanism yeah you're triggering that you literally are triggering that and that's the yeah, opposite then, of like de-stressing you know and then you get on the plane and you wonder why you can't fall asleep yeah right exactly you know first 2 hours of your flight you're like fuck i was so tired yeah. before this flight and now i'm wide awake well yeah you just watched you yeah. just flooded your system with fucking rush you know, adrenaline and, you know, so I uh, just trying to be aware of that stuff. And I, I think a lot of people don't think about any of that. No, they just, they just follow it. You know, just they consume, just consume, consume, consume. Yeah. Keep clicking, keep consuming yeah. and wonder why their anxiety levels are fucking crazy and they're yes. all stressed out and they get home and their partner says one thing to them and they ah shut the fuck up. Yeah. And yeah. you know, so anyways, that's my little message. Dave, no Palumbo. fight videos. Uh, Jihan. Uh, comment i wasn't looking at the comments he says dave palumbo says anything that gives you results is in a way addictive which i i guess i could see that hey that's why you gotta one of my favorite things of all time is you gotta choose your addictions wisely yeah because we're all gonna have something you know i i'm trying to get addicted to guitar lessons right now i guess it sounds like it's working it sounds like it's working. It's hard. It's hard, you know, because sometimes I'm like, oh, I got to like my brain is not wanting to listen to this guy right now. You know, yeah, yeah. it's been a long time since I like, you know, took a lesson from somebody or like sat and listened to somebody talk about, you know, what's technically pretty boring. Yeah. You know, but what I focus on is the reward at the end. Like if I go. learn what this if I learn what this guy is saying, if I can absorb some knowledge from him, it's going to make me better. Yep. And then I'll feel the, the, the reward will come. You know, they say that that's what keeps our minds young, too. You know, that's what literally fights off dementia. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, you know, the, how the, all the, the stuff they say about learning a new language. Yes. How good that is for your brain. Yeah. And while playing an instrument counts. I've heard of that as, as the yeah. language. It's right up learning, there with it. Learning music is, is, is another language. So, yeah. um, and I'm sort of thinking like, oh, I can kill two birds with one stone here. I can, I can get much better at guitar, which is like a lifelong dream that I never really pursued. Like I said, I've been a riff hack for 30 years. Right. right. Like, oh, you want to hear Ender Sandman? Yeah, here it is. Yeah. But I don't know why. Yeah. Just a bunch of power chords, you know, where to put I your just fingers. Like, I just memorized it. Yeah, but I, you know, I don't understand why those notes relate to one another. I don't know what key it's in. I don't know what scale I'm on. I don't yeah. know, like, you know, like, and I mean, some guys are talented enough that they never ever learn music, like Slash, for example. Right. He doesn't know a single. He says famously, "I don't know a single thing about the guitar." That's crazy. There are some but people his, like that. My friend VJ. It's all his, here in his ear. VJ you know? will hear a song and he literally can play it afterward. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's yeah. odd, man. That's odd and that you can do that. You know, I think as like an arrogant young kid, you're like, well, Slash never took lessons. I'm just right. fucking right. But you're like, yeah, that's where talent separates him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? Like if you don't have the talent, you need the knowledge. It's just like bodybuilding. Yeah. Like the less the less talent you have, the more knowledge you need. And I'm I realize now that I wasted so many decades of guitar playing by thinking I could just learn songs. 
Yeah. And you know, and then what happens is you only have so much room in your brain. Like half the riffs <laughs> I knew, like I used to know like 20 Metallica songs. Right. I don't remember a single, hardly any of them now. No because, kidding. Because well, you- I didn't, I didn't tie them to any knowledge of why they were the way they were. Yeah. And you made you know? room for other things, you know? Yeah, you know, that other stuff I need, you know, it's important in there. You know what I'm seriously contemplating is I I wanted to take a class somewhere where I actually go to a classroom. And one of the things I've been interested in is understanding, like, how to help people physically. Like, so I've done, I've done like a... Um, CPR class before but then I looked and the Red Cross offers like a a basic uh, life support class and then they offer like an advanced life support class I yeah I kind of am thinking I'd like to to me I would love to learn those skills like if something bad happened to somebody that I loved or to myself even what do you how can you because like if something bad happened, what do I do? I can call nine one one at this point. Yeah, you know, yeah. Put a tourniquet on it, but that's it, you know. So I don't know. I thought it'd be fun too. Just something I probably never would need to use, but it would be, I think, interesting maybe if it was like once a week for a few hours, I could go to a classroom and learn something like that. Any any knowledge that makes you feel more useful, yeah, or empowered is hmm. great to add. Yeah. So yeah. I'll keep you posted on that. Thanks, buddy. Well, we're uh, at our time limit. I got a doctor's appointment. I know you've got shit you got to do. Yes, I'm still trying to catch up and and yeah, catch up from the weekend, man. It was uh, yeah, it was too. a long weekend as you had too. Yours yeah. is longer, I think. No, no. Okay, so it's good to be back. Thanks for the live show. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Uh, remember, Mutant sponsors the show. They're fantastic to us. Um, please support them. Go on immutant.com. Um, you can order anything you want off the website. You can use Dusty's code, Dusty20, but he's not here today. So use my code, BigRon20. <laughs> be much appreciated. Um, and, and, you know, again, all the support for the show, everybody that came and said hi at the expo and stuff. Uh, we love you guys. Thanks for listening to us uh, talk about dopamine and uh, nonsense. And uh, uh, next year, I got to come to Swiss with you, buddy. That'd be awesome, man. I'll keep you posted okay. when it's coming around again. This has okay. been great. Thank you guys, everybody, yeah. for uh, you know chiming in, everything. We appreciate you guys. Yeah. Appreciate we'll the hell out the, of you. We'll get the story about the mahogany dilemma from Dusty next show. <laughs> yes. Okay? All right. And remember, everybody, it's just bodybuilding. All right. We're still... It's... it's, it's uh, I'm still...